Hello, this is Pastor Doug Meacham from Grace Chapel in Westerville, Ohio, and we welcome you back to Life's Beautiful Journey Radio. Each week we will be talking about a different part of life, and this week we will be talking about singers. Now, I can speak with some authority on this subject as I've been a singer in bands for almost four decades and, of course, at our church and uh, other locations. But uh, I was also a voice major in college as I graduated with a degree in music and business from Otterbein University. And, you know, I've uh, spent years developing my craft and still feel like it can be developed more. (laughs) You know, although at 53, the vocal cords aren't what they used to be in some ways. But, uh, you know, I've been told by some that uh, my voice is actually sounding better than it did when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. In fact, they uh, have said before, my vocal instructors in college said that uh, usually not until about 25 and and past is your uh, voice fully developed anyway. So that's where it continues to grow. But, you know, I heard someone say one time to uh, not marry a singer And said, because I married one and it was just me, 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 me all the time. (laughs) Uh, You know, we always enjoy watching the reality shows that try to find the next big singing sensations each year. And the two shows that have lasted, I think, the longest are American Idol and The Voice. And both those shows feature the best of the best singers in their audition rounds now. But they used to spend a good amount of time showing some of the auditions where the contestants had no business auditioning to be a singer. You know, they were either off key, off time or both. And what was sad and I guess funny at the same time was that many of them didn't even realize they were bad. Uh, They would become outraged when the judges told them no for moving on to the next round. And many times that can be put on the family members, I think, you know, have told them over the years that they were good singers just all their life. And (laughs) they really weren't. But, you know, as a kid, I used to love listening to music. I would sit in my room and play record after record. Yes, I said record (laughs) of all styles of music. And one of my favorites to listen to was a two album collection of 50s and 60s songs and artists such as Richie Valens and Bobby Darin and Fats Domino. And of course, Elvis Presley seemed to come alive on that vinyl. You know, and I can uh, think uh, through and and understand that the that style probably carried into my songwriting years because uh, many of the melodies and things that I heard back in those days came through later on in life. You know, I also enjoyed hearing tight harmonies from singers such as the Beach Boys and others back then. A lot of those groups like that that were uh, uh, four part harmony. And as a teenager and young adult, I often studied the styles of various rock singers in the 80s and early 90s. And some of the singers I worked to sound like at the time were Don Dockin from the band Dockin, Jeff Tate from Queensryche, uh, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard, and of course, Michael Sweet from Striper. You know, each one had a unique style and all of them challenged me in my own vocal range and style. You know, as the 90s progressed into the 2000s, it seemed like singers' vocals became even more aggressive. You know, there was uh, more emphasis on the grit of the vocal than the melody even. (laughs) And this could be heard from singers like Dave Grohl from the uh, Foo Fighters and, of course, Gavin Rossdale from the band Bush. You could really hear that in their voice. And then in the Christian market, the same feel was coming through in bands like Third Day with Mac Powell. 
And of course, uh, Skillet's uh, singer there, John Cooper. And, uh, you know, our band actually got to play some shows and festivals with both of those bands. And John Cooper was nice to share some tips on preserving your voice when singing with such grit in the tone, as we got a chance to visit it at one point. And it helped me to make sure not to push too hard when singing. And that's helped me to be able to still sing some of our band songs like I did 20 years ago, even today. You know, even though I spent much of my life involved in rock music, I've also loved and always loved all styles and genres of music to listen to or even sing when given the opportunity. You know, I enjoy country music and how the singers can sound more like storytellers than ones who might belt out a melody. You know, there are, of course, many country artists that can blow you away with their ability, but it is equally impactful to hear an artist just sing softly through a song with an acoustic guitar in hand. You know, I really enjoy listening to the old crooners as well in the in the jazz genre of music. Singers like Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett uh, and Ella Fitzgerald take me back to an era before my time. But I love that music. You know, many say that I have an old soul because I love that style from the 40s and 50s where big band music was king. And it's great to hear modern artists, you know, like Harry Connick Jr. or uh, Michael Buble, keeping that sound alive with nods to the standard classics as they cover those, or by writing and recording new song offerings. And I would be missing out on a couple of the strongest vocalists in the pop market over the years if I didn't mention, of course, Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. And, uh, of course, uh, Whitney Houston is is past, but uh, Mariah Carey, of course, they they tease that you hear her a lot as uh, the Christmas season rolls around with uh, her Christmas songs that she has on the radio all the time. You know, but some of my very favorite music to listen to and to sing, uh, of course, too, is uh, uh, in the Christian or gospel genres. It's especially amazing to be in a large group of people, like in a concert or conference setting or a church, and hear all of the voices singing along with the songs of worship to the Lord. You know, what it makes me think about is uh, about what the Bible tells, tells us that heaven will be like when we're there before the throne of God. In fact, in Revelation 14, 3, it says, And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And then in Revelation 5, 9, and 10, it says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So it sounds like we will be doing a lot of singing in heaven, doesn't it? You know, the good news is that our voices won't get tired and we will all probably sing perfect pitch and key. (laughs) Uh, You know, the thought of being motivated to sing worship to God, as these scriptures tell us, reminds me of a concert we attended one time. And uh, it was here in Columbus, Ohio, in an arena. And it was the Gaither Homecoming Concert that included many of the pioneer artists in the Southern Gospel Market. And they closed their concert with a song called The King is Coming. And uh, I love that song. In fact, here's a clip. The King is coming. The King is coming. Praise God. He's coming for me. 
and that song keeps me uh, just encouraged and, and just to, to understand as it builds and builds and builds that it's just going to be such a blessing when you get to that big chorus as you heard. And of course, it ends there where it says, praise God, he's coming for me. And I can honestly say that I hadn't cried that hard in my life <laughs> as I did during that song, it seemed like. I, I hadn't, at least for a long time, uh, other than, of course, personal tragedies and such. But uh, just uh, and when it came to, to worship unto the Lord, the, the tears just flowed. You know, with 20,000 people raising their hands, looking up into heaven, singing that song, as you just heard, I felt like Jesus could have come for us at that moment or any moment. And believe me, we were ready for him and still are, you know, and that's how I picture singing before the throne of God. It would it would never be a chore, but would be something that we are overwhelmingly compelled to do. Even if you don't consider yourself a singer, remember the the word says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, you know, so you should actively try doing that and set yourself free from the shackles of the, the world to surrender all to him. For doing that is the best way to travel through life's beautiful journey. Our podcast, again, is sponsored by Grace Chapel Community Church. And more information can be found about the church at gracechapel.us. Again, that's gracechapel.us. Remember that you can also send me an email directly to pastordougmeacham at yahoo.com. Again, that's pastordoug, M-E-A-C-H-A-M, at yahoo.com. And make sure to check out our new YouTube channel for some exciting adventures and enhanced versions of our podcast. And also follow us on Facebook for product links, and, and uh, other mentions from our episodes that you, you can get a little bit more information about. And I ask you, won't you join us again next week for Life's Beautiful Journey? Thanks again for joining us, and God bless. We make life beautiful.